You never want to count on day three draft picks to do too much as rookies, but today we're going to talk about potential roles the Jets' late round draft picks could find in 2023 ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, thanking you for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they are posted. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review if you enjoy it, or if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Yes, I know Aaron Rodgers is injured. If you weren't following at OTAs today, he apparently suffered a minor calf injury. Relax. He's going to be fine. I'd be a little worried if this was November and we had a game coming up on Sunday. There's a long time before the season. It's a minor calf injury. Aaron Rodgers is going to be okay. Now let's turn our attention to something else. On yesterday's show, I talked about expectations for the early round picks the Jets made in the 2023 draft. Now, today I want to turn our attention to the late round picks the Jets made in the draft a few weeks ago and talk about how they might be able to carve out roles as rookies. Now, you never want to expect much from day three picks. Most day three picks never give you anything. So to expect something as a rookie, it's a lot. But you never know. Maybe one or two of the guys you draft could end up playing a role for you, not just in the long run, but also right now. So I think there are three potential ways rookies who are drafted late can find a spot, a productive spot on on the team. We're going to talk about these three ways. Now, the first is just if there's a role available. Sometimes a team just has a hole and there's an opportunity for guys at the bottom of the roster to step in and fill that hole. And I think that there are a couple of guys who have a shot who were drafted day three for the Jets to potentially fill a role that's open right now. Neither of these are really starting spots, but there are spots where the Jets are going to need somebody to step in. And these are number two running back and number three linebacker. And the reason that these spots are vacant are are different. At number two running back, you've got a lot of question marks after Brees Hall, and even to a certain extent, Brees Hall's a bit of a question mark. Not that I'm expecting anything other than great play from Brees Hall, but Early in the season, you would think the Jets are going to want to maybe limit Brees' touches because he's coming back from a serious injury. You know, you don't want to put too much on Brees' plate. So the number two running back spot takes on a greater significance. And it's kind of open right now because you've got Michael Carter, who, while he's a talented guy, and while, you know, I loved Michael Carter heading into last season, I think we have to acknowledge he did not have a great season. You have Bam Knight, who could be a decent player. He's kind of giving you a little bit of good, a little bit of bad in his brief career. There's an opportunity for Izzy Abanaconda, who the Jets drafted in the fifth round out of Pitt, to steal that number two running back spot. It's open, and Abanaconda, I think, brings an interesting skill set to the table. The running back position has been very devalued in the NFL, and that's a trend that's been going on, oh, over two decades, close to three decades now, where teams just don't focus on the running back spot. They, they view most running backs as interchangeable, I don't think they're necessarily wrong on that. 
And the spots where I think running backs can actually make a difference are, number one, if they can be a productive receiver, and number two is just big plays. And that's true both in the passing game and in the receiving game. And the way I, I think about it is you know, the first three to five yards, for the most part, that's just going to be your running back's going to get what's blocked for him. Five to ten, it's a little bit more on the running back, but still, you know, if you don't get that initial yardage, it's, nothing's really going to happen. I think 10 yards down the field and beyond, that's really where a running back makes a difference because that's the difference between a 15-yard run and a 40-yard run because you're in the open field. You know, you, you can either make a guy miss or run away from a guy, or you can't. And again, that's true both in terms of receptions. It's true when you're running the ball. So I value speed at the running back position. And Abanda Conda, you know, he, I don't think there's a lot of weaknesses to his game. I think he's okay in a lot of areas. I think if you look at what he did at Pitt, his vision's okay. He's got okay hands. Uh, he's no, you know, he's okay breaking tackles. He's nothing special in those areas. The one attribute he really brings, though, is speed. And he's the type of guy who could be the type of home run hitter who could benefit an offense. And I think as a fifth-round pick, you know, the more I look at this pick, the more I feel like this is the best value pick the Jets made in the draft. Now, I'm not saying it's the best pick necessarily. I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be the best player, but value also factors in where a player is drafted. It's not just, is the player good? It's also, did you get a good, did, did you get a player at a spot where you, you normally would not be able to get a player? And the running back position, because it's been so devalued, there are certain spots where you look at and you say, you know what, even in the fifth round, I know the odds aren't great, but the odds are probably better for a running back than they are at players for players at a lot of other positions. So it's possible the Jets found a, a good player here. And, you know, in the, if Izzy Abanaconda is just a decent back who can add a, you know, a big play here or there, that would be an excellent value in the fifth round. And because of, their, because of all the question marks behind Brees Hall, and to a lesser extent because of the question marks with Brees Hall, and the question marks, I think, are more coming back from injury not necessarily how Brees is going to produce, but more along the lines of how many touches do you want to give him right off the bat? Do you want to limit his his uh, carries early in the season to keep him fresh down the line to help him recover? There's a real opportunity for Izzy Abanaconda to, to, to take a spot. And the other spot I think that is open is the number three linebacker. And in this defense, and in today's NFL, your number three linebacker in the, the Robert Sala defense He's more of a part-time player. He's a guy who's maybe going to play 40 to 50% of the snaps. In days gone by, you know, the number three linebacker was a full-time player who never came off the field or barely came off the field. Those were the days of the 4-3 defense being prevalent in the NFL. And those days are really, they're not here anymore. Uh, It's a league where the dominant offensive personnel grouping is one running back, one tight end, three receivers, which means defenses need to compensate for that and put five defensive backs on the field and the guy who comes on the field the guy who comes off the field for the fifth defensive back is typically a linebacker now i think there's a clear plan with what robert Sala wants out of this third linebacker spot and you kind of saw it a couple of years ago when the jets drafted a couple day three prospects and jamie and sherwood and hamsa nasrul dean who were safeties who they converted to linebacker and for whatever reason i think it's gotten too much criticism the jets are not the first team that's ever tried to convert safeties to linebacker but zaire barnes is another guy who he played, you know, he started in college kind of as a safety and then transitioned into more of a linebacker role. He's got a lot of speed. I think what the Jets are kind of looking for the, from that third linebacker is somebody who's kind of like part defensive back, but part linebacker, a guy who hits like a linebacker, but is fast enough that maybe he can, you, you, you can play him a little bit in the slot and not get destroyed. 
Yeah, I thought Quan Alexander did a good job last year, but Quan Alexander remains a free agent. It's not clear whether the Jets will bring him back. It's possible Quan Alexander comes back. And if he does, then Zaire Barnes would probably head to the bench and probably be a backup. But there's a, there's a spot open where Zaire Barnes could potentially you know, steal the third linebacker spot if Quan Alexander's not back. And I think that that's something the Jets would love to have. And I think ultimately, you know, if you can find a guy who can play a part-time role for your team, again, we're talking about a fifth-round pick. Here, or we're talking about a late-round pick. Um, we're not talking about somebody you drafted in the first round. I met yesterday, I mentioned Will McDonald is a guy you want to see him develop into a quality starter, if not better than that. When we're talking day three picks, you're talking about more role players, guys who maybe aren't necessarily going to be full-time players, but guys who can fill a valuable spot on your team. And that that's where I think these guys could potentially fit in. So th- those are those are the spots where I, I could actually see a day three pick. And I'm not saying both will, but I could see one of these two guys potentially stealing a spot on the roster. Uh, not just a spot on the roster, but a, a spot where you get playing time. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we will continue our discussion on where day three picks could potentially fit for the Jets. We're going to turn our attention to the third phase of the game, and that's really where a lot of these guys slide in. We're going to talk what special teams value the Jets could get from the guys they drafted on day three. That's ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The Denver Nuggets have punched their tickets to the NBA Finals. We are expecting the Miami Heat to do the same in the next game or two, of course, the Boston Celtics could pull off a, a historic comeback, but I don't think any of us are expecting that. We should make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So the Denver-Miami matchup, it's not really the matchup the networks were looking for, but it figures to be a tremendous NBA Finals if you're a basketball fan, and there's no better place to bet on all the playoff and finals action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat-first bet of up to $1,000. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Every day or send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow we are going to have our weekly Wednesday mailbag show. We try and do that each Wednesday on the podcast. I'd love to hear your questions. And today we are talking about the late round picks the Jets made. On yesterday's show, if you tuned in, you heard me talk about Will McDonald. You heard me talk about Joe Tippman. You heard me talk about Carter Warren. How about the guys who were drafted behind them, though? What are expectations for them as rookies? Well, expectations are pretty low. In all honesty, for most of these guys, if they've perform on the practice squad. I don't even know that they need to make the 53-man roster, but if they impress the coaches and develop a little bit on the practice squad, I think you'd have to consider that a successful rookie season. But can they offer the Jets more? Potentially. One of the things I think smart teams do in the NFL, especially when you get to the late rounds of the draft, they also factor in how a player will perform on special teams. Because there is always the odd player on day three who steps in and is ready to contribute. And I talked about two of the players who could potentially fill roles for the Jets that are open currently. I talked in the first segment, we talked Izzy Abanaconda, and we talked Zaire Barnes. But in reality, guys you draft day three are not immediate starters. And they're not even guys who typically take on a major role. Where they could contribute, however, is on special teams. Because you usually don't put your big guys on, you don't put your best players, you don't see Sauce Gardner play a lot of special teams. You don't see C.J. Mosley play a lot of special teams. 
you'll see Garrett Wilson play a lot of special teams. You tend to see guys near the back of the roster, and that's kind of how they earn their value for your team because your fifth, you know, your forty second, forty third, forty fourth active player on game day usually doesn't see a lot of snaps on offense or defense, where they primarily see their snap totals are on special teams. So I think that's something that smart teams do is they they maybe they don't draft specifically somebody to play special teams. But if it's like close, you know, let's say you're deciding between two wide receivers and one plays special teams really well, or at least one you could project to play special teams really well and one doesn't, you're going to take the guy who plays special teams well, even if he's slightly lesser of a receiver prospect. And I look at it's really interesting because sometimes you can kind of tell what a team's thinking when you go to its website. And the Jets kind of gave something away with some of their interviews on the team website with their late round picks. There was lots of talk with from these guys about how they're going to play special teams. And it comes as no surprise. You know, there, there were, I saw comments from Zaire Barnes when he was interviewed on NewYorkJets.com. Uh, guy the Jets picked in the sixth round, the defensive back out of LSU. Jarek Bernard Con- Converse. Even Zach Kuntz, uh, the tight end they drafted in the seventh round out of Old Dominion. There was talk about how early in his college career he played a lot on special teams. And I think that all, th- all four of the guys that I'm talking about today, you know, even though Carter Warren was technically a fourth-round pick, technically a day-three pick. The guys I'm focused on today are the final four picks the Jets made in the draft. So that's Izzy Abanaconda, that's Zaire Barnes, that's Jarek Bernard Converse, and that's Zach Kuntz. And you can see all four of them having distinct roles, and part of the role that they take on is based on their unique skill sets. And part of the role, the special teams role that they played in college is based on their unique skill sets. Izzy Abanaconda actually was a return guy, in college, and of course the Jets let Braxton Berrios go this offseason. Now, they did sign Mecole Hardman, who figures to get his share of uh, the return opportunities. And if you follow the NFL, the NFL actually has reduced the significance of kickoff returns in their rule changes that were just announced this week. One of them is that a fair catch now goes to the 25-yard line off a kickoff, no matter where you catch it from. So you catch it on the 5-yard line, you can do a fair catch and just take the ball to the 25. So you're going to see a lot more of that this year. But there still will be a spot for return guys. Izzy Abanaconda could potentially be a return guy. Now, if you look at Zach Kuntz in, again, the Jets' website, if you go to, go there, you'll see an interview where he talks about early in his college career he played special teams. Tight ends tend to take on more blocking roles on special teams units. Now, sometimes they'll be on the punt coverage unit. You know, sometimes you'll see a tight end as like a personal protector or line up on the line and try and f- fly down the fields. And Kuntz, if you followed his draft profile is one of the most athletic tight end prospects in recent memory. So he could play that role, but also you see the tight ends block a lot. Sometimes, you know, there are only so many offensive linemen on your team. So sometimes they'll take on blocking roles on like, the field goal and extra point teams. And frequently they'll also take on blocking roles on kickoff returns because you got, you got to have big guys in front. You got you know, guys who know how to block in front of the return guy. So that's where Coons could fit in. And then the other two guys, Zaire Barnes and uh, Bernard Converse, he these guys are players who may take on roles on co- coverage units because they're both you know they're both pretty fast. They're both very athletic. Barnes talked about how much he loves playing special teams. He was kind of like a core special teamer for his college team. And Bernard Converse actually had a blocked kick his first year of college when he was at Oklahoma State. So maybe he'll also you know, line up on the field goal team or something like that, or the, the punt block team and try and get, get through a gap, something to that effect. 
I think that the path to the roster for these guys, and this could be the difference for these players between making the 53-man roster and being on the practice squad, it could be how, how well you play on special teams. You may remember a couple of years ago, a guy from the Jets, Delshawn Phillips, played his way off the practice squad and onto the active roster just because he was such a good special teams contributor. So I don't think you, you know, and I think it's one of those situations when, when you're talking about late round picks where if you're kind of like 50-50 on whether you keep a guy or not, it's the type of thing that could buy a player time to develop in his natural position. It's the type of thing where a team may not be totally convinced in a guy and they, you know, they, they could be kind of ambivalent about whether or not they keep him. And they say, you know what, this guy's been, this guy's a good special teamer. We should keep him around just for that. And it gives you a chance to develop more on the practice field. It's the type of thing that can really make or break, it's the type of thing that can extend your career. It's the type of thing that gives you an opportunity to turn into a player. And I think that for these guys, the most important role you can have is if you earn, you know, if, if Ibanaconda earns running back two or Barnes earns linebacker three. But for most of these guys, the most realistic path to making a contribution on this team will be in the third phase of the game, special teams. And we frequently, I think, sell short how important special teams are. In typical NFL game, around 20% of the snaps are on special teams. These are guys who tend to fly under the radar, but they can be very important for your football team. And sometimes they make a play or two that can swing the outcome of a game. So these guys will be players to watch on special teams. Now, as you're on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll close out our show. I've talked about the potential for some of these Jets rookies to fill roles. I've talked about their special teams contribution. And if they earn this roster spot because of what they do on special teams, they'll fill another role. That's depth. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we continue on this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. We're talking about Jets day three draft picks and what they could potentially do for the team as rookies. I've mentioned a couple of guys who have a shot to actually earn some playing time this year as part of the plan. I've talked about the special teams role these four players could fill in. But beyond that, if they're on the roster, and there's no guarantee that these guys will be on the roster, I think any of them, once you get to round five and below, it's a very realistic possibility they could end up on the practice squad. But if they are on the roster, the obvious role will be for depth purposes. And there are spots where the Jets are a little bit thin. And I've talked, you know, I mentioned running back too. Well, even if Abanaconda does not earn that job, the odds are that he's going to get an opportunity to step in at some point this year because running back's a position where you take you, know, you take a beating, you, you take a lot of hits. So inevitably, somebody's going to be able somebody's going to step into the lineup. I remember last year the Jets had an undrafted free agent at the running back position, Bam Knight, and I said during the preseason that you know he may be heading to the practice squad at some point during the, the season. The Jets are going to have some injuries. He's going to step into the lineup and he needs to be ready to play. What happened? The Jets suffered injuries at the running back position. They had some performances that maybe were not what they were looking for. And at the end of November, Bam Knight stepped into the starting lineup and played a couple of good games for the team. Uh, you look at other spots. Uh, you know, I mentioned linebacker. Even if Zaire Barnes doesn't win this third linebacker spot, it's not a position where the Jets are overwhelmingly deep at. So there's going to be an opportunity there for him to step in. I think one of the things that's interesting about... Uh, Bernard Converse, he's a defensive back out of LSU. He's versatile. You know, he can play the slot. He can play safety. There's lots of different places he can step in on this defense, potentially. Now, of course, I don't know how much you're expecting from, from a sixth-round pick as a rookie, but I think versatility is one of those things that helps you as a backup in this league because it's very difficult to have a backup for each of your starters. So if you have a guy who can fill multiple roles, and that's another thing that could potentially help him 
earn a spot on the roster. Because as a sixth-round pick, you're not guaranteed a, a spot on the 53. You're probably guaranteed a spot on the practice squad because the Jets saw enough in him to use a draft pick on him. But you're not necessarily guaranteed a spot on the 53. And I think the more ways you can make yourself useful, especially when you're one of these bottom-of-the-roster players, it increases your odds from the standpoint that the Jets are looking to fill multiple roles. So if they have one guy who can do all this, he can play he play safety, he can play in the box, he can play deep, he can also play the slot, and he can help be on special teams, that's a lot of different things you're, you're filling. So there's an opportunity there. And Zach Koontz, who, of course, is very athletic, uh, faces a very crowded tight end room with Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. And maybe I should stop because it doesn't sound so crowded, but... My opinions aside for what the Jets have at tight end, the Jets seem pretty happy with what they have at tight end. And they also have Jeremy Ruckert, who was a third round pick a year ago. And, you know, you, as much as you like, the, as much as you like for these things to be based purely on merit, a third round pick is going to get more opportunities than a seventh round pick. Now, it's, it's on some, at some point, if Coots outplays Ruckert, he's going to earn a spot on the field. But Ruckert's going to have, probably have more opportunities off the bat. And he might be, I mean, you would expect him to be further along because he's in year two. So that's not to say that Koontz is necessarily better than Ruckert's. It's just that Ruckert's probably going to start at, in a stronger position than, than Koontz. But it's always possible Koontz earns a spot on the field. And the thing about that pick, you can see clearly where he fits and what the Jets want to do on offense. Because Nathaniel Hackett, the new offensive coordinator... First of all, he likes to play two tight ends a lot. You know, if you look at Denver and his, then before that his time in Green Bay, his offenses utilized two tight end sets about as much as any offense in the NFL did. But beyond that, they Mike LaFleur also liked to use two tight ends, but LaFleur used his two tight ends differently. LaFleur liked two tight ends that were just like close to the formation. One of them was maybe in the backfield playing the fullback role. Hackett likes to flex his tight ends into the slot a lot. And... Kuntz is a, a guy who profiles. If he's going to make it in the NFL, he's probably going to be less of a traditional tight end, less of like an inline type blocker, and more of just kind of like a big slot receiver. And that's something that's becoming more and more prevalent in today's NFL. So you can clearly see the fit for this offense. Now, whether or not it will, it will work out, we don't know. But that's one of the interesting things when you go through late round picks, and you like to see where this guy would fit into the system if it all works out for him. You know, Zaire Barnes, you can see it clearly. Again, the Jets are looking to get fast at linebacker. They like a guy who's kind of like maybe part defensive back, part uh, linebacker. And you can also see that with Kuntz. And if there are injuries, these guys will step in. And, you know, sometimes sometimes players surprise you. It's It doesn't happen that often, but it doesn't happen with every team. But there's always a team or two where they suffer injuries and there's some day three pick who steps in and just shocks you because you're not expecting him to play so well right off the bat, yet they've fi- managed to find a way. Maybe one of these four will be that guy f- for the Jets this year. That's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. Give a five-star review to this show if you're listening on a podcast source or a big thumbs up to this episode if you're watching on YouTube. These things help us out, help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow we will have our weekly mailbag.